Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of HR Tech Chat, the podcast where we explore the latest trends and strategies in human resources and workplace technology. I'm your host, Jennifer, and today we have our special guest returning again to the show, Pamela, an HR expert with years of experience. Welcome, Pamela. Oh, thanks so much. It's so good to be back. Uh, we have such great fun with these and start a great conversation in the market. So I'm just thrilled to be here again. Yes. And today we have a pressing topic to discuss. A recent Gallup research report that a staggering 59% of the workforce is quietly quitting their jobs. So I guess we're not done with this. And Pamela, I'd love to dive in today to what can we do as HR professionals and employers to activate these employees? I think it's a, a great place to start is let's let's start at the context of everything going on around the quiet quitters. Because some of the stuff that just came out in the last week or two, I find fascinating. Like what I learned yesterday was that in addition to all the other issues we have, we now have something called the dead zone. I don't if you've heard of the dead zone the dead zone the dead zone and the dead zone is in that family of ideas of bare minimum monday bare minimum friday freedom friday <laughs> quiet quiet quitting loud quitting loud staying it's all out there and the dead zone is um and i think this is this is uh, an interesting take on it the dead zone is that time of day where if you're a remote worker um, or you're a hybrid worker and you're not in the office that day, the dead zone is the time of day that your manager might want to reach you and you're not available. Okay. So managers are complaining that, oh my God, the dead zone starts at two o'clock or it starts at three o'clock or it starts at four o'clock and these people just aren't available. And I think the heart of the dead zone is trust because mm. if you're working remotely, um, you have kind of your own um, control over when you start, when you do the work, when you finish yep. the work. And it may not be nine to five or eight to four or seven to three. It could be anywhere within a range of hours. So maybe the time the manager wants to talk to you, and it could be that the distrusting manager wants to do it at five o'clock every day um, to make sure that you're engaged in working, you're not available. So they're calling it the dead zone. The dead and zone. <clears throat> Yes, and they're using the dead zone. I think it's so funny. They're using the dead zone as a um, a way to say, see, this is why everyone has to come back to the office because if you were in the office, we wouldn't have a dead zone. And I'm oh, like, really? Oh, seriously? <laughs> seriously? Uh, <laughs> no, you wouldn't have a dead zone. You have a dead zone coffee break in the morning. You have an extended lunch. You have you chatting a walk. in the afternoon. Yes. You go for a walk. Um, you know, you get a bite to eat, whatever it is. But I think it's that, that since I can't see you, I don't know what you're doing. And that's why I don't I trust that you're working. I don't trust that you're working. And, um, and I think this is, this is, this continues to be a bigger challenge than I ever think anyone thought it would be. So the last couple of weeks, we have more and more companies saying the goal is to get everybody back to the office. Yeah, uh, 51% or excuse me, 59% of companies right now say we want full in office, everybody there. 
Um, and that's a lot compared to where we started. It is. And then you look at, okay, on top of that, there are companies that say, well, four days a week, you know, Disney's at four days a week. Um, then you have companies we want two days a week in the office, three days a week in the office. And what I find fascinating is we are still talking about where work happens, not the work. Exactly. And exactly. I think that's the challenging part. So you started out, and I have to just share a couple of more of these numbers. You started out with the 59% of the folks that are quiet quitting. And <laughs> pardon? They're still quiet quitting. They're still quiet. It's not over. Yeah. Yes, it's not over. And by the way, just to clarify, when people are quiet quitting, they still work for you, everybody listening. They still mm -hmm. work you're for still you. You're still paying them. Yeah, you're still paying them. They may not be fully engaged. They may not do anything extra. They may find that zone of the bare minimum. They may find the zone of, I will do just as much as I have to do to not get noticed for not doing a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So they're, they are still working for you. And, you know, there are lots of reasons that people quiet quit. You know, the the logical reasons are sometimes it's stress. You know, we've seen so much about burnout. Yeah, agree. Lack of recognition, huge, huge, huge. You know, we have a lot of recognition companies out there, but still people kind of pull back if there's just not enough recognition. We have um, career growth. There's just no opportunity to grow when people know it. And when they get stuck and they feel stuck, they don't feel like giving extra. And then we have not enough engagement, not enough connection, um, <clears throat> not enough ways for the person to personally feel connected to the work. And I think that's a big challenge. But think about this. So you've got your 59% of quiet quitters, okay? Yep. And let's assume we're going for 100% here. So you have 59%. Then Gallup says in the same study that you have 18% of the people that are loud quitting. Now, loud quitting is, oh, this is so funny. So, so loud quitting are the people that are, Gallup would say, that are destroying value, that they're disengaged in such a way that they're destroying value. Mm. So when you do a little bit of quick addition here, you know, you come up with, um, you know, nearly 70%, you know, 67, some, or excuse me, near 80%, sorry, of people that are either disengaged to a deep level and they're destroying value or people that are just kind of moving along. And so it's not a surprise when you then read the economics of what's going on. And in the economics of going on, what is everybody talking about? We see a decline in productivity. And some people are mystified as to why that is. Well, to your point, if 59% of the people are just like chugging along, you can see why that is. You know, there was, I love old movies. I love watching old movies. And um, there's a Tom Hanks movie that he did with, oh my God, I'm going to blank on who he did this with. But essentially it's called Joe versus the volcano. I don't know if you ever saw this movie. I remember that. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great people. I mean, it's not going to win an Academy Award for any deep message, but it was a great fun movie. Well, one of the things that happens is Joe is one of the 59% of the quiet quitters. <laughs> and every time he goes into this, this really dry, gray, drab company, 
this music comes on it's like do di do do di do and you see him like marching through the day and you see everybody like do di do be like working with a whole company of eeyores you know <laughs> and and i can tell you having been in a number of companies over the years you know rep you know working for oracle and seeing customers working for other companies and seeing customers there are some companies that are really alive and really energetic yeah and there are some who are not and when you have and what go dj yes um and so and so that's something i think we're contending with and um it was this morning i found um the latest labor report that came out from burning glass institute yeah. And um, Gad Lovanon wrote this wrote this report. It's really fabulous. And I will admit here first, I am a Gad fan. I have been for years. I love his thinking. I love his writing. But he talked about this decline in productivity and he gave it a name. And I love this name. He said it is the ambition recession. Isn't that great? That's the, it. That's it. We that's are in it. the middle of an ambition recession. Yes. COVID so what drove us well, yeah yes yeah. however we got here we're here and and you know some people say it's covid some people say we never quite recovered in the mm. same way and i think if you had an expectation that we were here and we had covid and it looked like everything it looked like and now we're through covid if you had an expectation that the other end of covid would be we go back to where we started from that was never going to happen no and it's not happening. We see that it's not happening. But when he talks about low labor productivity, he had a great explanation for it, which he said, you know, you have low labor productivity, but people still need to get the same amount of work done. So what happens is they then go and hire more employees to do this amount of work. Mm -hmm. And those people aren't available in the market. That's so Yes, in many cases, you're not able to, to do that. You're not able to get the employees you need. So you see this ambition recession happening. Mm. It's like you yeah. might need a little more from people, but it's not there. Um, and there are lots of reasons you see these dips in productivity. Sometimes people attribute them to this bare minimum Monday, uh, to quiet quitting, to the bare minimum Friday. I mean, Every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Freedom Friday. I, when I look at that, I'm like, so what days are we working now? Like what days, what days are we really working? Is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? And if you're a company that you have people in twice a week, do you only get two productive days? I, I mean, it's, it's confusing for people. No doubt it's confusing for it people. It is confusing. Now, even more confusing, and I found this fascinating, was okay for how many years now we've been talking about the great resignation since 2020, 2021. Yep. Yep. Um, so Stanford economics comes out and says, well, we think the great resignation's over. And I'm like, I looked at that going like, based on what? Right. <laughs> and so quitting I, anymore because they're afraid of not being able to get a new job. Maybe that's, that's some of what people are saying, but that's actually not true in reality. So I went back and looked up the last couple months. So in June, over 4 million people quit their jobs. In May, 
was right around 4 million, 3.9 million something. And so consistently, and if you go back to January, February, consistently, we're at 4 million people leaving. So how is it that you declare the great resignation? Yeah, how do you do it with that, with those numbers? I don't know, but I have another idea. If the great resignation is over, then I think we are in the period of the great, I want something more. I think we're in the period of the great, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a period of the great, I need to be more connected to the work. Yeah. And I think all of those things are going on and particularly the connection to the work. I mean, there are managers that are asked like, well, why is it if we have remote work that people don't work as hard? I mean, they have this conception, people don't work as hard. I don't think it's about working as hard. I think people don't feel connected to the work. They don't know how to connect to the work in a different way. Hmm. Um, We haven't, in large measure, we haven't become agile into where we work, how we work, when we work. And we've not made that seamless for people. So I think that's a challenge. And so it's not about, you know, the the great resignation being over. It's about we are still going to see these trends until we fix the connection mm-hmm. between the individual and the work itself. Yeah. So that comes back to like, how do we activate people? I have a great idea. I've been thinking about this. And and I think that there are great technology applications to this as well. So one of the companies I'd read about and gotten to know um, over the years is a company called Pro Habits. And Tim Bristow is their chief operating officer. Tim is a, I'm a, as much as I'm a GAD fan, I'm a Tim fan as well. Yeah. Tim's and great. they have some, Tim is great. And they have something called the people activation platform. Mm. And so think about you're a manager. I don't think I'm getting the level of productivity, the level of work. Well, you're not getting that because people aren't connected to the work. Well, the people activation platform helps you connect people to the work. So imagine you're coming in today and and you have a number of things you want to get done. Yep. And um, and you look and, and there's a message on your phone of, hello, Jennifer, welcome to Wednesday, whatever day it is. <laughs> and, you know, today you're going to focus on ABC. And then it just gives you a description of what that work could be. And then you commit to do it or not, or you can put it off to another day. And then uh, give you suggestions as to how to go about doing that. Then at the end of the day, you say what you did. And these mm-hmm. things go on day after day after day. At the end of the week, you can actually see what you delivered and how you were connected to the work. And if you were a manager, you could see everybody's connection to the work. And the companies that have used us have turned around productivity. They have lowered safety costs in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. They have um, increased um, customer engagement, increased employee engagement. And so that activation platform does exactly what it says it does. It gets people more connected to the work and delivering higher productivity and higher quality work. And I think, you know, you think about how can tech be a solution? That's just one piece of how you can do this. And I think think people should take a look at that. You know, Um, the other thing that I love about that, Pamela, is that it brings visibility to the work that you're doing. 
Yes. You know, I think about that dead zone that you were talking about and a platform like Pro Habits would show your manager what you're working on and what you're accomplishing. Yes. And if you're a manager that doesn't want a dead zone, then one of the one of the goals that comes up is today I'm not going to have a dead zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you really want to do that, but you're right, it shows what's happening. And that gets at the trust issue. It gets at the productivity issue. It gets at the ambition recession issue. I may use that three or four more times because <laughs> I like it I so much. That's, that's a good one. It's and a good this one. Is activation, you know, I mean, it just gives people the purpose and the connection. I mean, how good does it feel to check something off your to-do list? I know. Sometimes I make lists to make lists so I can check the things off. Me too. <laughs> and it's not that I don't think I'm going to get it done. But what I think is, is that if I check, if I write it down, I'll for sure do it and I'll check it off my list. And, yeah. and, um, and, and that helps. And the it feels other, good. It, oh God, yes, it does feel good. The other thing I wanted to explore a little bit with you, um, because I want to go back to, I don't think the issue is where we're working. You know, we're still trying to fall, to solve for, should people show up five days a week or four days a week or three days a week? Why are we solving for place when we ought to be solving for the quality of the work Yeah, and the quality of the experience? You know, as we were talking recently, and maybe I'm Pollyannish about this, but, and I could be, um, but I believe within each individual, there is a place and experience that gets activated when you are fully engaged in your work, when you're fully activated in your work, um, you know, sometimes years ago, there was a, a researcher at the University of Chicago that talked about flow. And there's a book called Flow. It's mm -hmm. about how do you get into that place? And he describes this experience where, have you ever been working and you lost track of time? You're so engaged in the work, you lost track of time. That happens to me. Yeah, me too. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, what time is it? And it's because I was really involved, engaged, and wanted to produce a great piece of work. I think people still have that. Um, they still have the, you know, I can get into the flow of work. And I think we ought to be talking about that conversation, not where we're sitting. And if you think where you're sitting solves the excitement about work problem, you're solving the wrong thing. You're yeah. sitting, you're, you're going after the wrong thing. Because I think the excitement of work, the flow of work, the making a contribution at work starts with you and me and everyone involved in the work are connecting about it. And that's where the activation platform, I think, comes in. But yeah. I, I know we, we uh, get short on time here sometimes, but I want to tell you another story. Um, years ago, when I worked at Taleo, and, you know, those of you that know the talent acquisition space, Taleo had talent acquisition for years, and then they were bought by Oracle, and I went to Oracle. But when I was still in the Taleo space, I met a gentleman named Bill Glenn, and Bill Glenn worked for um, a company that was in the talent space, and we would partner on things. Bill has since gone to a company called Blueboard, and we met up, and I said, well, tell me about what you're doing now. Let's catch up. Let's catch up. 
So he told me about Blue Board and then I started investigating it. So Blue Board is about creating a great experience for people, usually a recognition mm -hmm. experience. And I know there are lots of recognition companies out there and you can choose to do recognition, you know, a dozen different ways. But their unique contribution is this, and this is so cool. So let's say um, you're a salesperson and, and you're being recognized for being a top salesperson. A lot of companies will say, oh, you go to club or you go to this event. Well, Blueboard, you actually get to pick, uh, with Blueboard, you get to pick the award. And I started looking at what people were doing and I did a bit of research and I saw people say things like, so instead of going to the club or instead of getting a gift card, I saw someone um, go to Iceland with, with their spouse and they got a trip to Iceland. I saw oh, people wow. that were being rewarded for contributions to their companies and they got to go, like I saw this group of people dressed in Dallas Cowboy uh, jerseys and they happened to be wearing the jersey of Ezekiel Elliott, which is number 21. And I'm an Ezekiel Elliott fan. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, they went and they got great seats. I got to see them play. It was very cool. Um, and I've seen other things, well, where people got like an, a day off with their family and they got to do a family event. And then I started reading about, well, what happens when they did this? Yes. People talk about this was an experience of a lifetime. Incredible. I, they, they'll say things like, um, I got to spend time with my family. We've always wanted to go to that game. We've always wanted to do this. Um, someone may say, you know, I got to go on this great hike and um, I've always wanted to do that, but never thought I could take the time or, you know, maybe, maybe the money was an issue. And so now that was the award that they got. Amazing. And I love it, that. It is so cool. And so for me, the big thing is we're not talking about just a, just a basic award structure anymore. We're talking about energizing people. Mm -hmm. We're talking Connecting about people to their families. Yeah. Yes, connection. We're talking about moments of a lifetime. Like, do you think you'll ever forget the trip to Iceland? I don't think so. Right, right. <laughs> talk about Northern Lights. You were in the Northern Lights, you know. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if Northern Lights are in Iceland. I think they're over Canada. But anyway, <laughs> I got to work on visiting lots of states. Yeah, yeah you're visiting <laughs> lots of great places. I have to work on geography a little bit for our next, our next podcast. But what excited me about that is in a time when we're worried about, we can't find enough talent. We can't mm -hmm. get talent to stay. No one that has the experience of a lifetime leaves. Yeah. They're more committed. They stay, they're more connected. They're more excited. They tell people about their great experience. They attract more people to the brand. The and family so is pushing them to go earn another experience. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> I have to tell you about that. And this is just a little vignette. So I have a cousin. Her name is Ellie. She's nine now, but she said this like several years ago. And um, and uh, her mother uh, uh, decided she was going to take like a week off. And somehow in Ellie's mind, she connected. Mom has to go to work so we can afford vacation. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> so her mother says, oh, I think I'm going to take 
this week off and I'll be home. And she goes, well, you can't stay home. You have to go to work so we can go on vacation. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They, they learn at a young age, totally at a young they age. Do. And so, so I saw Blueboard's going to be at HR Tech in October out in Vegas. They are. They are. Yeah. Everybody go visit Blueboard. Go visit Bill. Stop by. Say hello. Tell him I sent you. Tell yes. him Jen sent you. Um, and learn about this. because it. And I actually think um, they're going to be showing some of those experiences and talking about some of those experiences. So it'd be wonderful for everyone to stop by. So, you know, so the, kind of the moral of this story is you have to activate people to the work. You have to have that people activation platform. You have to create great experiences for people. And, you know, those of you out there saying, well, you know, what if, what if we don't want to do that? What if, you know, that's not what we're about? There are experiences you can do at every level that create positive intent with people. Yes. And that's what you need to focus on. How yeah. do we create this positive connection? Because I guarantee you, when you have positive connection, you are going to solve the declining productivity problem. Mm -hmm. You are going to solve the um, quiet quitting problem. Okay. You know, if you think about, think about the quiet quitters for a moment. I actually, you know, any organization, I bet you, you can identify who they are yeah. because you could see people, you know, like, they're just not as engaged. They don't volunteer for things. They don't do extra. And what if you could just increase the productivity of that middle of the quiet quitters 10%? Yeah. The difference that you would make. Oh my God. The difference you would make in organizational energy, um, organizational momentum, productivity, and profitability volume profitability. I mean, I think it makes a huge difference. So when you think about culture and you think about what do you need to solve for, you need to solve for activating work. You need to solve for great experiences. You need to solve for lifting productivity of that, you know, quiet quitting middle, if you will, just 10% to see a real impact. Yeah. And, and it's possible. It's absolutely possible for every company to do. And when uh, Jen posts the posts this podcast, I will include the ways that you can get in touch with those folks because I, I, I think that'd be great. I think I it's... think you should at least have a conversation with them to see yeah. what they're doing because they're doing really good stuff. And and again, thanks to Gad for the um, ambition recession. The ambition recession. Yes, and I'll that. be posting his uh, his research on my LinkedIn feed later this week. But I think we should, you know, I'd like to monitor the ambition recession a bit and see where that goes, because I think there's a lot there. And yeah. I, um, I think it now gives us a language to unpack a little bit what we see going on. Yeah. Well, this has just been such a great conversation following up to curating culture, which we did uh, earlier. Um, but I just, I love talking to you. I love these conversations. I think it's so valuable for our audience to be able to hear some of the research that's going on, some of the data that's coming out. And what I love about um, these stories that you tell, Pamela, is you always offer up a solution too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. And so I want to leave our audience with just one thing. And that one thing is, um, look, it was what we mentioned earlier. 
that place exists in every individual to be, to ignite that passion, to ignite that energy, to ignite that ability to contribute. And our jobs as leaders is to find that. And so if you're a leader and you have people on your team that you don't think are contributing in the way you'd like them to, find that one spot. Find the place where they're excited and energetic and, to, and can make a, gay, a great contribution because it will make a huge difference moving forward and make a huge difference for your team and for their career. And it's within each and every one of us. It is. It is. I know that sounds kind of schmaltzy, but it's true. It is it's, true. I do, I believe it's there. I, I, I've seen people excited about work and seen people not excited. Guess which one is more fun? Exactly. I think we know. <laughs> yeah, I think we know. I think we know. As always, my friend, it's it's been my honor to chat with you and we hope to see you all again soon. Yeah, we'll be back again next month. Thank you. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye-bye.